Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome. We're off once again for another episode of On Culture. I'm Mike Sherman. I'm here with Chad Myers, uh, my good friend. Chad is uh, sitting in uh, his office in South Carolina. I'm here in St. Charles, Mo. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, authority. And uh, before we dive into that, uh, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, my pleasure. It's a lovely late summer day here. Uh, and um, I'm getting ready to head out to Nepal. I was trying to we're trying to generate a little content here so I can get it all in the hopper as I go out and I'm going to be leaving Sunday uh, to train uh, some pastors there, uh, be a part of uh, just equipping people in that part of the world. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, getting ready for that. Uh, but I'm glad to be here in this fine afternoon talking with you, diving into what is authoritative. And I start my piece uh, in the embassy. Yeah, On Culture is a podcast of the embassy, theembassy.substack.com. Talking about YouTube, talking about, and we've all looked, I mean, I say we all, you've looked on YouTube to figure out how to do stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everyone, right? Everyone does that. And so I just started out with a particularly funny, I to me, example of somebody who clearly did, uh, he started the video not knowing how to do the thing he, he was uh, purporting to, to show us how to do, and that became painfully obvious. And then he just, the thing that's funny is this guy removing a fence post, and he, there's like, it cuts back, cuts back. It's almost like he's doing it to be funny, but it, he wasn't, I don't think he was doing it to be funny. And it takes him all day, and he's sweaty and dirty, and finally the fence post is out. And then he he edits the video, looks at it, and said, yep, I'm sending that out there into the world. <laughs> <laughs> it was eight hours of, I'm not sure how to do this. <laughs> That's right. I spent all day, I'm putting this video out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it did, it, was, it did tell the true tale of taking a fun po- fence post out of the ground is pretty hard. But so, if which you I already know, kind yeah, of knew that. I mean, I had to take them out in West Texas, and they're, you know, so you're digging through concrete to get to the concrete. There's just no, there's no easy way. So it's not good. Yeah, it's a big piece of wood encased in concrete, buried. Yeah, you know, so yeah. uh, that's not good. Um, so anyway, that's that's uh, you know a common thing that we look to see who who can help me, who can be my authority on this sort of uh, home repair or whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, that's part of probably the answer to the question. My first question is, you know, how have we gotten to this place uh, where we just don't know who who our authority or do we, our views of authority? Let me just say, start with this. How have our views of authority changed, do you think, over the last few decades? Uh, you know, and, you know, what do you think was behind some of those changes? Um, I, th- I think to maybe oversimplify, but I still think there's a large part true. Uh, we, our initial footstep towards authority used to be trust. And now our initial, uh, relational dynamic to authority is distrust or skepticism. Um, in general, now you're going to talk about that, this in a minute. That doesn't mean that we 
don't, like you said, we still look to authority somehow. But in general, when we think about large-scale authority, uh, there's a level of skepticism. And I think uh, part of it comes through, you know, coming into a post-modern, there's a, not necessarily a big cohesive unifying narrative holding it all together. So things start to get splintered. Things start to uh, deconstruct, if you will. And the attitude of that is one of doubt first. Uh, if you take that philosophical notion and uh, zeitgeist that's coming into the West, then you couple that with a lot of very terrible scandals and mm. painful things that, you know, that uncovers in the government or in the church, uh, Catholic or Protestant and evangelical. There's no, no one denomination or section is immune to it, all these scandals coming out, then people uh, using that emotional uh, side to fuel the philosophical side of, you see all these reasons, you you can't trust these things like people say you can trust these things. And we used to trust mm -hmm. these things, but now we don't trust these things. Mm. And then and it, I would argue it's even splintered down to the school system where parents and administrators and principals and teachers probably used to work closer together for the child. But now the parents feel that, you know, I have to protect my child or have to advocate for my child because I don't trust you. You know, they didn't make the team. So yeah. I don't, there's this, this attitude of, um, almost, almost inflammatory, ready to be inflammatory very quickly, I guess, with yeah. relationship with authority. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of thinking of it. Uh, you know, the sort of relationship with truth and, and, uh, you know, uh, our understanding of what's true and the story we're in, all that has, has changed. And that's certainly part of it. Post-modernity, we all can have our own truth and so on. So if I can have my own truth, I can be my own authority. Uh, you know, that, and that sort of underlying, I don't know if people say that to themselves, but, uh, uh, but this sort of, what this results in is this sort of hermeneutic of doubt, hermeneutic of suspicion that I'm, instead of saying, well, that person has a degree or, you know, a te they're a, per a respected position, police officer, teacher, pastor, uh, business leader, even, uh, they know about it. They know more than me. Uh, I will defer to their, uh, their, their knowledge, their experience. Uh, you know, my own personal doctor, you know, I'm going to him cause he's got it. He's qualified. He's got a degree. He's got experience. So I'm going to defer to him on areas of medicine. He's going to be an authority. And of course that's not completely gone because we can't sort of live in a world without at least a little bit of that. Uh, but now there's a just, instead of a, bias towards tr uh, trust, there's a bias towards distrust, uh, bias towards doubt, a, bi a bias toward, you know, my doctor told me this, but I don't know, you know, I don't know I'm going to, I'm going to look around or whatever. Uh, and there's just a lot more sort of swirling uh, uncertainty. And, you know, what do you think people do with, I mean, so if that's, that's sort of the situation we find ourselves in where uh, and, and some of that's not terribly bad, uh, where blind trusting people in authority is, is doesn't always work out. Uh, and well, you know, Jesus says the same thing, um, you know, when we, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, 
And but some people, but if we say I don't trust any of those people, that's not really true, because we we are trusting someone. If we have a view about, let's say, to pick a a, a, a disputed example of 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 late of whether the election was stolen, we're coming to that view somehow. We're not traveling around the country and examining, you know, voting machines or ballots or. You know, we're not doing independent re- when we say people say I did my research. What what that means is they went on YouTube or social media or something. And which one of us is actually stuff. qualified to, right. to make to be the to do that research and then make the conclusion. Right. So that's so, uh, you know, whether it's masks or vaccination or the election or whatever, we are coming to some conclusion somehow. You know, uh, some of those things are, you know, sort of binary. I should get vaccinated or not. And you, so you have to make a decision one way or the other. I should wear a mask or not, or it's helpful to wear a mask or not. The election was stolen or not. Um, well, and, Mike, can I, can I jump in and say that you started yeah. off with the, the doubt and the skepticism. It's not wholly a bad thing. And I want to say a little bit about that. I agree with you because it's not wholly a bad thing because sometimes it exposes where we have elevated something to an idol. And we've given it mm-hmm. like wholesale trust. Like this is yeah. wholesale trust. Like so this spiritual authority of the church, it's all the church is infallible or the government's infallible. And we've kind of given ourselves over to this. I just thought this was always going to provide me security and safety and whatever else, you know, I thought it was. But it also it shows us that we were never meant to stop with merely looking at these institutions. We were supposed to look through them. That they're fallible doesn't mean they're wholly wrong. And that we need to reject them wholesale. Um, you know, a, a parent making a mistake doesn't mean you don't need the parent. But your parent yeah. was meant to be a window into something or someone larger than this. And it's supposed to, and maybe sometimes painfully remind you, yeah, you live in a fallen, broken world. There's people just like you and I running these places. So what did we expect? Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, so that's a point I was going to you later, but I think it, you know, segues right into it, that there is a source of legitimate authority. Uh, you know, we, uh, as, a, as a Christian, I think that, that God has delegated some of his authority, for instance, to punish wrongdoers to the government. It's not legitimate for me to arrest. If you stole something from me, I can't just lock you in my basement. Uh, you know, but the government has legitimate authority to confine you for a crime and so on. And to reject all authority is to reject even the legitimate forms of authority that we sort of sort of need, you know, sort of need to live uh, uh, by. Uh, and I do think to overtrust in a, in a, the human representation of legitimate authority is, in a sense, it's at the root of so many of these scandals where people began to abuse their authority for a long time and. People were just very, very slow to believe that it was abuse because they were the authority. You know, arguably too slow. You look back on it, you think, "Wow, why? You know, why did people go along with that for that long?" But um, that's you know, that's the, res- the the root of almost all of these scandals is an abuse of legitimate authority that goes on for a long time and then is defended by people uh, who are well, trying to protect the institution, trying to, trying to protect the source of authority or so on. And so there is a healthy 
relationship of submission to authority, understanding authority, but also holding it accountable in some way and uh, making sure it's telling the truth. And uh, I do think that's a difficult balance for us, you know, to, and that's where I would say, that's where we want to get to. What we seem like we're doing a lot as a culture is I don't trust any of those people. You know, I don't trust, you know, any of the news sources, which isn't really true because you're trusting something. As I was saying before, you're not independently, you're not going to Ukraine. You're not, you know, you're not, you can't, obviously we all can't do that. So some, we have to somehow figure out who's telling me the truth. And I think to me, that's a key, you know, part of, we're trying to figure out what our relationship to authority is. Authority and trust and truth all kind of go together. And my tendency to want to believe something about something probably helps me grant authority to the person who's telling me the thing that I'd like to believe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I want to believe the election stolen, I'm going to grant authority to the people who are telling me the election is stolen. If I want to believe the election is not a, uh, stolen, I'm going to grant authority to people. Now, both aren't right. Probably one is right and one is wrong. But I have a tendency in myself to shop for an authority that I want because I, I already wanted to believe a certain something. And we almost get more entrapped by rejecting all authority. My, you know, I don't trust any of those people. We end up sort of picking who we want to trust based on my own, you know, my own desires, if you will. And that's, that has no correlation to truth whatsoever. And I might be kind of worse off than before because I'm much more, if I pick my own authority, I'm much more susceptible to stay with that authority through increasingly weird, uh, you know, and strange pronouncements from that authority. Well, because uh, to you know, be wrong about that would mean that I'm I'm wrong about that. Yeah, and I've been wrong and I maybe need to backtrack and I, you know, angrily denounced so-and-so on social media and I stopped, you know, calling my family member because of blah, blah, blah. You know, and on and on and on, like you come become really committed to it. Um, you know, I don't, uh, the, the Alex Jones trial um, is you know, one of the Sandy Hook things where he said all, all sorts of outrageous things about Sandy Hook. And, you know, he was convi- you know, convicted of, you know, basically slandering uh, these parents. There's a judgment against him and so on. Um, but there are obviously people, lots of people who still listen to him because they, long ago chose him as an authority uh and you know it doesn't mean alex jones can never say anything that's true obviously we, nobody lives their whole life saying only false things i think that would be tremendously difficult to accomplish even if you set out uh to do it um and so but i do think some sense of oh if he's not He's abused that. I can't really trust him to tell me what's true anymore, especially if he told me things that he should have known or did know was false and told them to me anyway. Well, I should, that, that's not legitimate. I should find another source. I'm like, I'm not going to go back to fence post guy. Well, <laughs> for anything, for any home repair, yeah. because I went there once and I spent however many minutes I did watching this video. I have to admit I was entertained. Uh, <laughs> But I'm not going back because obviously it, he's a faulty source of authority. 
Uh, and I think that's, we have to figure out how to do that again and be upfront about, I have to have some authority in my life. I can't get away from it. I just have to figure out what a healthy relationship. Would well, be. I don't know if this is even a, uh, you know, discussion worthy point, but it seems like you're describing how actually frail the process of ascribing authority as something or someone is, how subjective it can be, how, um, based on a hunch or, or a bias mm -hmm. or a loyalty. Like let's say fence post guy was your dad and fence post mm -hmm. guy never did you wrong, but there it would be, I would imagine, let's just say there's a good relationship there. You know, maybe he, yeah. maybe he was really an expert on change your oil guy, but now he's going to do fit. Mm -hmm. and, and it would be harder to leave that. It would be harder to say, you know what? He's, he is an authority on this thing. And he yeah. and he's good at that, and yeah. he's done his work, but he's not an authority on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just say, yeah, pretty much he knows what he's doing, but that video wasn't very good, right? You know, uh, and, and that you know that that is something that you know it doesn't have to be all good or all bad, uh, and that's another thing that we we tend to do. Why, why do you um, think that is? Why do you think we we I, can't make distinctions? It doesn't feel like I, we can make distinctions right now. Right. I, it's that's a that's a probably a five podcasts of its own. <laughs> Uh, but I do think there's a culture war uh, aspect to authority and to trust. And there's a, this binary sort of like it's all one thing or it's all another thing. Uh, and, you know, either um, either good or bad, uh, you know, that it's not as though... Um, yeah, here's something that, it, you know, so-and-so, there's an authority that we can trust, uh, and the authority is found in the church. It's a church authority, or it's a educational authority. Uh, and again, you could find out that, it, you know, there's a, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect source of authority, but it mostly is, and so that's how we, you know, we can, it doesn't have to be all one or all the other. I think there's, when it comes to these issues of trust and authority, there's an, there's a culture war, there's an anger, there's an us and them that's sort of in the water for a lot of other ways. And it just flows out into, oh, if that's your authority, then I'm against you because I'm against them and I'm mad about it and you're bad. And people on the other side might, some might say the same thing. You know, if you reject my authority, then... I'm against you, I'm against whatever, you know, and, and that's a lot of our political, you know, whether it's, if there's not, there's a just very little reasoned discussion about the election or collusion or, you know, vaccination or everything becomes immediately tribal, us and them culture war. And then the authority thing gets mixed as part of that because I'm for you and against you, I'm going to pick an authority that's for me and against you. And I, so it's all, it all becomes intertwined. And that's a bad way to pick an authority. Like if I'm picking an authority because I'm in sort of a culture war and I need somebody to tell me what I like and against my opponent, that's a bad way. to. I'm, I'm likely to pick an authority that's just going to serve my interest uh, instead of somebody who maybe has something to say to both sides uh, and I can maybe learn and be curious, you know, that's what I would tend not to do. So it does get, it does get bound up into an us and them dynamic. Cause I just think everything does.
you know what are your what are your thoughts on that yeah i tend to think i i think that's right i tend to think about it and i think okay well like why what's going on and i was reading this article the other day and the guy was it was theological point of view talking about you know the fall of humanity sin and eden and all this but he his argument was first and foremost uh it was a a trust fail it wasn't just a it Mm -hmm. wasn't just moral it was trust Mm -hmm. and because of that now people are at their core insecure and so they're looking for security and so i think for some reason right now there's just a uh a onslaught and maybe because in the last you know 10 15 20 years in america there's been just kind of an eroding of of society and eroding of structure mm-hmm. and culture so there's more uncertainty there's more uh insecurity and so now i don't even care maybe half of the like i don't agree with everything you're saying but oh my gosh you provide me a sense of security because you feel strong mm-hmm. and you're convinced of it mm-hmm. and we're convinced mm-hmm. of it so i feel secure mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. yeah so i get security from trusting an authority that gives me certainty even if i really looked at it i'm not sure i believe all of yeah, that stuff but it makes but it feels good yeah it's there's something and then i guess a corollary to that or overlapping with that um you mentioned sort of our disconnectedness I think we have become disconnected from institutions from sort of, a, you know, you know, whether it's our church, you know, I, my family grew up in this denomination or in this particular church. So this is where we go. We trust the people there. Again, you could over trust, trust in that, but we've gone. So we've gone so in the opposite direction that we are so disconnected that we are, a, when a question of life comes up, we're, we're sort of often adrift. And just like you said, if somebody's going to be giving me a certain uh, certainty, I'm going to, I'm going to grab onto that. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, my friend who asked about uh, Christian tarot cards or tarot cards for Christians, which I have to admit, I'd never heard of. Uh, I didn't know there was a thing. Somebody's bridging the gap somewhere. <laughs> Somebody said, "Let's bring this one into the let's let's put a Christian uh, worldview on this thing." Yeah, so she had a, a coworker who was thinking of of uh, you know going into this more deeply. She'd done it a few times. She said she was good at it. I'm not quite sure what that means. You know that her predictions were 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 more valid based on the tarot cards or whatever her readings were. I don't know what I don't know what it means that she was good at it, but uh, and she was even thinking of starting a business uh, because apparently there's a there is a market you know for Christians uh, who want to have a tarot card reading and some of you know there are various I don't want to get too deep into this as a particular topic but apparently there's Christianized tarot cards which are used as a way to evangelize people who are there for an actual tarot card reading uh, which seems a little shady. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to question somebody else's methods on that, but, um, but anyway, so this friend kind of wanted to do this or had some interest in doing it. She, she doesn't know, is, is this okay? She doesn't anybody, she asks her coworker, my friend, uh, and my friend goes, I don't know. I don't, that sounds, but she couldn't, she couldn't say, here's why. Um, and so she asked me just because she knew me personally. And 
And that's all fine, well and good. You know, that's basically what, you know, here's somebody I know, and I know I can trust him. So I'm going to ask him. Uh, I think in a different world, you know, she would have asked her pastor or her small group leader or something. You know, I, I just think we increasingly live without those people in our lives that we would ask a question like, what is the deal with Christian? I mean, I've never heard of it. What's the deal with Christian Harrow cards reading? Uh, and I think that's the downside of, you know, part of our, our disconnected relationship to authority is we're just disconnected and we don't have anybody that we know to ask. We don't have a relationship with a pastor or a trusted spiritual advisor. And so YouTube or you know, something. Oh, it, it, you know, it's just Wikipedia, like taking offense. You're going to find Google. You know. Yeah. Someone's going to have an authoritative answer. Yeah. Hey, Siri. You know, hey, Alexa. Yeah. You know, and because, you know, that's all we got. Now it's a reflex in a lot of areas of life. But I do think that now it's in that, you know, you end up giving authority to somebody for important things. And, um, and that is this, the, you know, to get to Jesus's point of you shall know them by your fruits. You know, he's ta- he's criticizing the actual religious leaders of his day who were abusing their authority uh, and saying, you know, they're wolf in sheep's clothing that, it, you know, just look at their fruit and you'll know, you'll know whether they're legitimate or not. And, you know, the apostle Paul says when his authority was questioned because his message was unpopular with some for various reasons, uh, and he says, well, you, you know, you're our fruit. You know, you've seen me. You've seen us. We gave you our very lives. Uh, you know, we, you know us. And so there is an authority. That's, that's, not, that's not where their authority comes from. Their authority comes from something bigger. But that's how you know you can trust it because you've, you've seen our fruit. I wonder if we just don't see it. We don't see fruit. We don't, we're not close enough to enough people to see their fruit. So we don't even like, you know, like we don't have any, we're not close enough to see fruit to pe- in people. So that leaves us Googling. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. It's almost like a, what, what would you say? Like a, a, a loop, a feedback loop. Yeah. That. Yeah. Vicious circle. Yeah. yeah that you, you're, you're disconnected from does life of the people, as you say, where you're connected to authorities and you're more around them and living life with them. So you might go to this person to ask this mm-hmm. question, but you're disconnected. But then you ask almost a disconnected source, you know, a very disconnected source. Do you get a disconnected answer that maybe feeds a bias, but it just seems like a, like a bit of a loop. Yeah. And you're just as likely to shop for an authority that you agree with and, in, in a spiritual realm as you are in a political realm or a cultural realm, right? So maybe even more so. Well, I think that's partially one of the effects of where we are. I was talking with someone I knew. I, I've known this person for years. And, um, you know, essentially they had, you know, gone to church for a long time, served in a church, were um, significantly a part of church, and then had gone to a different one and then a different one. And, and then finally it was a point blank, quote, I think I mentioned this before, but I just can't find a church that agrees with me. Mm -hmm. And I think 
that kind of captures the sentiment of a lot of people today. I'm looking for an authority to just agree with what I already, my hunch is. I, I think that's, to, that's probably to validate. to validate. Yeah, I want an authority to validate my own authority. Right. Yeah, my chosen authority. Yeah, and that, again, once we're disconnected from some some truly authoritative source, if we think, you know, the church has some, at least in theory, legitimate claim to authority, then we should try to figure out who is best representing that, who is best bearing that fruit, and that should be the people that we can most trust. But it is, again, it's a vicious circle in that at some point you're going to have to make yourself vulnerable enough to get close enough to figure out whether they're trustworthy, right? Yeah. And if we never do that, we're, we're in this disconnected uh, situation. And and I, I do think that's the alternative is that, you know, occasionally you might get burned, but the alternative is you're, you're just, you're authority shopping to, to meet your own needs, as you said, whether that's cultural, political, religious, whatever that is, who's going to tell me what I already want to believe? Uh, and I just think our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and more disconnected from, and, and we get less curious about people who are coming from a different place. Um, and so, you know, when I'm thinking about what new sources, I, I mean, I, I almost automatically, I'm going to want to have a, two or three people I'm reading who I'm not going to, who I know ahead of time I'm not going to agree with. They make, they make sense. They are, you know, they may be good writers. They're interesting. They have interesting views, but I'm not. So I, I want to see kind of where the other side's coming from, not necessarily so I can believe it, but somehow so I can temper my own views or add some good point they're making. Like, so the universe has to get big enough to accommodate all the reality. And if I just cut myself off, shop my own authorities, then just the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And I just think that's, we're going to be, we're not going to be happy with that. Well, I, well, I was reading a little bit of Blaise Pascal the other day, French philosopher, mathematician, and he was talking about this exact same thing. If you have someone who you disagree with, how, how you should engage in the relationship with them is if you could think about their point of view and they believe their point of view to be true. And there's realistically, there is truth in their point of view. It may not be fully mm -hmm. true, but there's truth in it. Can you consider what it would be like to believe that that point of view is true? And once you can do that, then you can actually start to understand where this person's coming from. He says, nobody, nobody wants to listen to you if you just point out all of my, all your views are wrong. Right. But if you right. can find that common ground of, well, I, that what you say this, this is true. This is true, and that's a that's a great part. Right. Most people can handle. Hey, let me tell you, uh, this is I, I like this. This is a great viewpoints. Have you considered this side of the conversation? Because most people will be able to say, "I just missed something." Not, "I'm wholesale wrong." Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Because we do have common ground. I mean, that's what that's a core belief. And so to say, okay, this part I I agree with. This part I think is also true. This part I'm not I mostly agree with. But here's where I think we we, we depart. Um, now you really are having a conversation. A, now you actually may influence their views because they know they've been heard. But also your views are going to be more well-rounded. Uh, and I think that's, you, you know, you're going to be 
you're going to be honed. Uh, you know, I think there's a sense in which, you know, that's necessary for living in the world because nobody has, you know, I, I tend to read, you know, if I can, if I have time and I, you know, read something, when, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do a piece for the embassy, for instance, I'll read, and I'll be clipping articles for, I'm constantly doing it from the Atlantic, from the New York Times, from the Wall Street Journal, from National Review, you know, from all these different, you know, from a, you know, comment, explicitly Christian for, and, you know, try to like, what, what are, what are different people believing about this? And what are they saying about it? Now, my core beliefs haven't changed, but how they apply to this situation, I'm trying to figure that out the best way possible. And if I'm open and curious enough and, and not threatened enough, you know, not too threatened to do that, then I, I will have, I, I will become, I hope over the time, the person that people will say, oh, I'm going to ask Mike about Christian tarot cards. Um, and I think that's the, that would be the, the sense in which we, we de- the more that we avail ourselves of le- legitimate authorities around us, the more that our own authoritative stance can grow. And the less we do that, the less authority. And we become more certain, but nobody's asking. I mean, if, if you got a QAnon relative, I mean, no offense to the QAnon listeners, but nobody's asking you <laughs> probably about your political views, no. right? Uh, they're trying to avoid that conversation, probably wholesale. Uh, and so I think that's the, you know, and that I am, I am accountable to an ultimate authority. I believe I'm in a story. God is the ultimate authority. I'm a shepherd of this life I've given. I can't just make it up wholesale that I think reality is his and I'm accountable to sort of live in it truthfully. And I think I'm always going to get that slightly wrong in, in that sense, some authority helps me and some, even though I have to somehow hold it accountable and all that sort of messy and uncomfortable at times. And so I can see not wanting to do it or wanting to just blindly do it. But somewhere in the middle, I think, is what we're called uh, to be. So we're we're over our time. Uh, you know, we could go on and on. But I'm going to land the plane there and uh, maybe just land the plane with a question of, you know, have you thought about who you grant authority to? Have you thought about in what areas of your life who do you consider authoritative? You know, whether that's a news source or whether that's a church or, or you know, depending on the situation. And do you have anybody uh, in your life to whom you can trust and how do you develop you know how do you get close enough to people to see their fruit to see whether they can uh, legitimately give you some authoritative stances uh, so those are some questions that we'll land with uh, thanks Chad for, for being a part of this journey uh, for Unculture yeah. and uh, we'll see everyone next time uh, don't forget to read the piece if you haven't yet uh, on uh, the embassy.substack.com uh, on uh, Fence posts and, and authority. Uh, you shall know them by their fruit, I think is what I call them. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but um, read that. And, uh, you know, we, we ap- I appreciate you following along with. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.